Welcome back guys to the Alternative Podcast. This is our podcast 15 and we've now got 34 subscribers. Um, so thank you all. Make sure you share this video with everybody. And yeah, like it, comment and get the name out there. Um, so we'll start the podcast this week with... Can I pull it up? Yes. Sweet. So it's a tweet. Um, over a dozen countries have now applied to join BRICS, including Algeria, Iran, Argentina. The multipolar order is taking shape before us. If expanded, BRICS would comprise of over half the global population, 60% of global gas, and 45% of global oil reserves. So the, uh, the BRICS expansion is definitely coming together. Feel like it's a massive threat to the US and the petrodollar. Well, with having sixty percent of global gas, global gas, and forty-five percent of global reserves, that's a massive chunk of the world's energy controlled by these uh, how many nations? Over a dozen nations. Mm. That's a it's a good thing, though, right? Um, that multi-nations well, I don't know what do you think do you should, should, should I end sharing yeah you can end share it do you think the BRICS this move for the BRICS proposed move is a good move Um, not for the West but for the future of humanity Well, I don't know. It's a difficult, a difficult. One thing I know is happening is the US are definitely under pressure. Or the West, as we know it today, is definitely under pressure. Um, to say whether it's a good thing or a bad thing, I guess you can see why they're doing it. Um, the US have sort of had oil under control for so many years and it's sort of, you can see that the petrodollar is coming to an end now. Yeah, it's also another spoke to the wheel of the downfall of the West, it seems. Um, there's some big countries in here, because obviously BRICS are, what, the next next sort of biggest countries, the, the up and coming developing, it's a developing world. And for them to unite, uh, yeah, it's, uh, inevitable well i guess the, a lot of these countries are sick of just the global agenda that's sort of been around for decades where it's solely benefited america america have just been profited profited profiting from their dominance with the dollar and pushing their sort of culture on the rest of the world um, but what worries me is China sort of being involved with the BRICS. Uh, they're obviously the most powerful country out of them all. Um, but then you can see other countries in the BRICS nations that could have the potential to put China in a place if they do step out of line. As America's not really got any country to do that. 
Yeah, they don't really have a posse. Um, it's not really. If you look at it, um, the countries as 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 like a a sort of board for a company. The company be the BRICS nations. They've all got there's power from all different countries. I know China's very powerful in the manufacturing side of things, but Russia's very powerful in the gas. Uh, you got Saudi Arabia, who are obviously very powerful in the uh, oil business. And then countries like India, um, Brazil, they are what we would probably call the next line of powerful countries um, behind like the, the United States, Canada, uh, United Kingdom. So, and well, obviously most of Europe. Um, it's good. It's obviously a bit threatening for the West because it's um, something that's going against the agenda of the West, which the world's been sort of run on for the last however many years, well, since the war. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> there's definitely changes happening in the world. Um, maybe the West have started gearing up for these changes. Hence, why the, for example, the Great Reset, they're preparing us for these changes that are going to happen when globalization starts to split a little bit, where the US aren't a dominant power anymore and the BRICS nations will become more powerful, but then these WF-controlled nations will rival these BRICS nations. Yeah. Yeah, that's a possibility. Um, and then it will become, what was I, it was, I was either reading or watching something where the, the world split into two. Yeah. Have you heard about that before, that concept? No. So I can't remember exactly where it was. Um, must have been, must have watched it. So it's, it says that in the future of the world it'll be split into two different groups um and it didn't obviously specify what the groups would be but it's looking more and more clear that it's going to be what we see as the west today being one side and then the other side being something similar to this bricks yeah and you can sort of see it coming into place already from the fact these bricks nations that They've been buying gold since since I've been looking into it, which is like 2016. Um, I think they've been buying it for a few years before that, and they've just been loading up on gold. So they're looking to change their model and get away from the dollar. So you'll probably see them release their own currency. Um, one thing I can't really work out, though, is... The WF want us to move to a similar model to what China have, like economic system, social system. Yeah. Well, that's what we're guessing, right? Yeah. It's our prediction. So I'm just thinking is how would that not make us more attractive to work with China? It depends on what this um, 
bricks actually means because obviously there's bricks this is talking about the expansion so you've got the bricks anywhere which has um russia in china uh india brazil i don't know what the s was south africa oh yeah south africa um <coughs> well they've been working together for for years in terms of the bricks i don't know fully the ins and out, i don't know the ins and outs of the bricks but i don't think it's going to be like a united sort of um group of countries as much as it's just going to be helpful for their trade agreements um yeah they're just gonna it's sort of like a business agreement where they just work with each other and do trade with each other without having a need to have american america there yeah it seems like it's more of an anti-west uh group to say we need to sort of where's a certain set of countries which have like the capabilities to become more powerful but we need to detach from the west and what what um, partnerships we have with the west and sort of it'll cause its own problems i'm guessing within themselves because china's not one to just let well, it doesn't seem like china's one to give a handout to these other countries to pull them up um there'll be some backstabbing going on in this yeah but maybe china are looking at it as an opportunity that okay i'll get all these guys on my side i know he meets with putin quite a lot usually um and keep playing the west the way they are playing the west with the fact that they own the manufacturing of many 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 of the west goods so it's definitely like and they're pumping america with fentanyl yeah they're um it's fucked actually because they're playing quite um like, oh, i was listening to someone earlier today just talk about the china taiwan conflict and the way russia's moved into ukraine they did it quite quickly there wasn't much hype before it but china they don't mind waiting like 10 15 years until they get the precise timing right to make their moves um and it's stuff like this they're just playing a long game anyway so it's stuff like this um adding this many more um countries into bricks just yeah, well, I was listening, listening to somebody talk about the fentanyl crisis in America, and they said China, China has a two hundred year memory and a hundred year plan. What do you mean by two hundred year memory? So do you know um, about the opium crisis? Yeah. So the British essentially just started selling loads of opium to the Chinese. Yeah, to weaken them. And then, yeah, weaken their whole country. And that's how they invaded and took over Hong Kong. Um, so they're saying that that is what China are doing now to the US with fentanyl. Oh, right. They're just playing the game. Yeah, because the fentanyl crisis is fucked, isn't it? Yeah, it's really bad. Have you seen the videos of Philadelphia? No. Um, actually, there's an advert you can watch, a Mexican anti-drug advert. And it shows uh, they're using some clips from Philadelphia. If you can find it. Oh yeah, anti-drugs ads. 
Uh, holy shit, let me... This one. Right. Yeah, I think it, it's that one. No te engancha desde la primera vez. Esclaviza tu mente y tu cuerpo. No destruyas tu vida. El fentanilo mata. No te arriesgues. No vale la pena. Si necesitas ayuda, llama a la línea de la vida. 800-911-2000. Yeah, so when I was um, looking into the fentanyl thing, I don't know what the percentage was, but because of how many shipping containers come into the US from China, they can't obviously check every single shipping container that comes in, but I think it's something ridiculous. Some ridiculous percentage of them shipping containers have fentanyl somewhere inside them. Well, no, another way to do it is they ship it to Mexico. And then I don't know if you know about the uh, Biden administration and their relaxed border rules, Mexico, US border rules. Oh, yeah, I know a little bit of it. Yeah, so they're shipping it to Mexico, and then these people are just crossing the border without yeah. being like questioned or anything. And then... Well, it's what Trump was sort of warning everyone about, saying that this is what's happening. Yeah. Um... So, and apparently, the cartel in Mexico, if any of those that fentanyl gets sold to Mexicans, so like, if your like local drug dealer in Mexico sells you fentanyl, then they will punish the drug dealer because they don't want that shit being sold in Mexico because they know how devastating it is. Oh, right. Yeah, the fentanyl crisis is pretty fucked. Like, knowing that it's all coming from China as well. Mm. It's, um... <laughs> it's worrying, to be honest. Well, bad. And it's like... Um, teenage... I don't know, did you listen to... What was his name? He was on Joe Rogan. Let me just double check. But he was saying that it's being sold as like cocaine or ecstasy to the teenagers. And then Dr. Phil. Oh, I didn't watch that one. Yeah, he was talking about it, saying like there's pills and stuff coming over and they look like normal pills that teenagers and uni students would take mm. but it's loaded with like lethal amounts of fentanyl but they don't know it's fentanyl or they they, the, the, the students don't know it's fentanyl oh right they just think they're taking ecstasy or cocaine but then it's got fentanyl in it and then they're dying oh yeah here rainbow fentanyl it's called it looks like candy to um young americans in the same size shapes and sizes as pills Yeah, I remember when it was Halloween, I saw a article. Um, I was going to put it in the podcast, but I actually didn't. I forgot. Um, <laughs> someone for tr trickle treating in America was giving out fentanyl. 
Yeah. Now, did that actually happen though? Because Doc Phil was saying that they, he was scared that his kid, because this episode came out just for Halloween. All oh, right, okay. Like he was scared that kids would go out and be given fentanyl, but Joe was like, no one's going to give kids fentanyl like just randomly. I don't know what you say that, but there's some fucking weird ass people who do weird shit like that. Yeah, that's true. But if it looks like candy, then it could happen. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's shit like this, right? Um, like the fentanyl crisis. Because um, there's so many things going on with like geopolitics in the world. There's certain things which I can't see how you would combat and fix it. How do you fix China importing shitloads of drugs and fentanyl drugs into also like the problem is as well is that american pharmaceutical companies and doctors have been prescribing them citizens like normal people like say me and you like break our arm or something and we need some painkillers they're giving them opium painkillers again addicted to these painkillers and then when the doctor turns off the prescription for it they're still addicted to it, so then they go into fentanyl instead. Yeah, so they're um, adding to their own problem. Yeah. The American healthcare system is fucking weird because it's just run by Big Pharma. Yeah. Big Pharma is just... Ah, you didn't remind me to look into that company that's trying to change Big Pharma. Oh, yeah, I wrote that down as well after one of the podcasts. Yeah. I just remembered now when you mentioned it. I think it was from the last podcast, then, and then we missed last week. It was the one before. I think it was from 13. How was it? Mm. All right. Yeah. All right. Uh, I'll remind myself. <laughs> Just right. What, what is it that you're looking into? It's a company that are looking, are selling like generic drugs cheaper than what big pharma sell it for. Oh, yeah, 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 I remember you saying, yeah, that was two episodes ago. Um, but, oh, yeah, so I'm going to move on to the next topic because it sort of falls in line with Big Pharma. Okay. Um, can I share my screen? Yeah. All right, so this is a... Uh, Bit of a big farmer slash Twitter article. Um, so, can you see it? Uh, I can't anymore. I could. Oh. You see it now? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. All right. <clears throat> so, do you know, Elon brought in this sort of way for Twitter to make money by purchasing the blue tick. Yeah. And we were wondering if anybody can buy the blue tick. Yeah, they can, can't they? Yeah, anybody can buy it. So <laughs> somebody made, to, made a hoax account. For oh, this. I've heard about this. Yeah, Eli Lilly, you're a insulin maker or big pharma company. Um, <laughs> and they tweeted that insulin is now free. Yeah. And their share price, like, Fucking tanked. Um, there was quite a few tweets that came out from different companies, weren't there? Yeah, so people have been using it to like 
the hoax. Yeah. Um, like different companies. So this one lost 15 billion out of the company. Oh, market shit. Just on Friday. Just from one tweet. tweets. Saying insulin, insulin is now free. Oh, shit. Um, I think they've taken, got rid of this verification thing at the moment. Yeah, because we were saying, is it going to be for everyone or do you have to be someone who qualifies to be verified anyway first? And then, yeah. get verification. then you get to pay. But yeah, even the apology was a fake account. Apologizing in front of a fake account. Oh, really? You've now got a new fake account spoofing the apology of a real account for the behavior of the other fake account. <laughs> oh, shit. You can't write this stuff, man. Yeah, so there was loads of them that came out, weren't there? Um, yeah, here's one. Pepsi tweeted, Coke is better. All right. <laughs> Um, yeah, share the screen. Yeah, this is the ins- insulin one. Oh, yeah, yeah, excited to see. <laughs> what is? We've just overthrown the government of Brazil. <laughs> That's a banana brand, isn't it? A second Tesla, is it? Don't <laughs> <laughs> I saw that one. That's my listen, that one. Uh, what's this? Oh shit, it's on Twitter. We'll begin. Oh, so I guess he's a, a weapons manufacturer. Yeah. In Halton, or weapons sell Saudi Arabia, Israeli. Of the human rights abuses. Yeah, because I've seen. We're adding sex to Roblox. <laughs> I guess a few people did it and everyone just jumped on. BPD's nuts. Because we killed the planet doesn't mean we can't miss it. Wait a second, there's profit motivated medicine. But... Hmm. Oh, yeah, Nestle, we steal your water and sell it back to you. Long. <laughs> Someone's on a bench up here. Well, yeah. Reply to Ted Cruz. Ted Cruz said, The first time I entered my human wife, I said groaning into her ear, This is exactly how mother said it would feel. <laughs> oh my God, you got me kind of horny right now. <laughs> okay. So that's cool. Yeah, so. Twitter's like the Wild West at the moment. When you did it, <laughs> when all this started, a couple of people did someone and everyone just started jumping on it and doing more. Yeah. <laughs> took the eight dollars off now then. I think so. Mm. He did tweet though that um there's gonna be a lot of changes coming in the co- coming months. Some things might work, some things might not, but the things that do work we'll stick with, the things that don't work we won't. See that tweet. Something yeah, let me see it now. So I guess. I mean, I've been using Twitter since our last, not really like tweeting on it, I've been just browsing it since we last had our podcast like two weeks ago. And yeah, I feel like it's quite, quite good. It's quite fun. 
Yeah, I've just set mine up on Sunday. I've not really been using it. Follow us on Twitter. You can follow me at alt underscore ARN. Mine's my full cover number. <laughs> we'll put our. Uh, maybe I'll change mine to alt cam as well. Alt underscore cam. What I think is there. I think I checked. Oh, did you? I was going to do alt underscore ARN, but it didn't. It's taken. And I did out come to see if yours was taken. It's done. Alright. Speak to Elon. Maybe we can do alt underscore C-U-M. <laughs> um, another thing, uh, if we're talking about Elon at the moment, did you see that he fired some guy like, over Twitter? <laughs> what happened? I fired him oh, using Twitter? Yeah. Did you <laughs> see No. Uh, yeah, and an engineer tweeted. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I won't scroll on you, actually. Um, what is here? So this guy tweeted, I've spent six years work. No, Elon says, by the way, I'd like to apologize for Twitter being super slow in many countries. App is doing under a thousand poorly batched RPCs just to render a home timeline. And some guy who works on Twitter said, I've spent six years working on Twitter for Android and can say this is wrong. And then he's... <laughs> <laughs> and then he replies that he's fired. Oh, that's fucking mental, that, isn't it? I feel like... Elon just bought this for a massive, like, just to take the piss. Just to take the piss out of, like, what Twitter is. Yeah. It doesn't seem like he's actually serious. I don't get it, though, because he must be, he's spending a lot of time on Twitter. He said he's sleeping there day and night until it's sorted. Until, sorted. until the, the profit margins come back. But I think uh, Elon's he's set off, like, a bit of a thing in the tech world. About cutting out, cutting off employees. What do you mean? Because Facebook or Meta fired was eleven thousand employees. Yeah, is that not just because they're um, fucked? Meta. Like Meta's tanking, right? Yeah, the, the share price is tanking. I thought they let go of they laid people off because um, they were folding. But Amazon are doing it as well. Yeah, he's fucking in the news lows, Mr. Bezos. For um did you hear about his um cleaner in his house? She contracted an infection because he won't let her go take a piss. What do you know? No, and then she got an infection, like a bladder infection. That's she was fucked. holding a pissing for so long. <laughs> he's fucked up Bezos, man. He's like one of them guys who's just, do you know, like, just a, how you would expect a billionaire to be. Yeah. <laughs> just a nubbin. Did you see that video where, I forgot his name, but he played somebody in Star Trek and he, uh, Bezos invited him to go in uh, Blue Origin. 
in space. And then the guy came down and he was like proper emotional talking about how like, amazing it was and all that. It just felt like you could see that way he was talking. You just felt really emotional. And then Bezos was like, oh yeah, whatever. Like he just wasn't bothered by the fact that he was being emotional. You know what's in it? No. Yeah. yeah, I can't remember his name though. Well, look with this guy. The champagne showers have begun. It's like he was crying. He's crying, isn't he? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He's emotional, and Jeff Bezos is doing the fuck. He's a uh, remind. He's just the prime example of a guy who's come into a lot of money and thinks he literally is the dog's bollocks. Yeah, he's just living that like lifestyle now where he's just spending his money. Yeah, because his wife obviously left him. Uh, he got a hench. Yeah. It's like that, I forgot where it was, but he was travelling on his boat and they were going to take, was it in London? No, um, Rotterdam. Rotterdam, that's it. And they were going to take the bridge down for his boat to pass. Yeah. It's that self entitlement that these guys have. It's crazy. Yeah. Oh. Oh, hell. Um. Yeah. Should we move to the next? Yeah. So. Should we do the question or the uh, one? Which one do you want to do first? Uh. Yeah, we'll do that Matt, Matt Hancock one. So Matt Hancock, um, if you don't know, in the UK, we have a TV show called I'm a Celebrity. Celebrity, get me out of here. And it's for celebrities that have passed their time and still want recognition from everyone that they're still around because they're obviously craving the attention, which they don't have anymore. Um, and in there is Matt Hancock. Um, yeah, I just wanted to think what your thoughts were on him going into the jungle. Yeah, and for the non-UK listeners, Matt Hancock was the health secretary during the pandemic. Um, bit of background on him. He during so he settled the regulations for the pandemic. Um, Basically, locked everybody up for uh, two years, on and off for two years. Yeah. Um, during one of the lockdowns, he was filmed having an affair with some some woman, some random woman, not his wife. Um, so yeah, and that yeah, was our health secretary. Breaking uh, all the rules which he implemented. Yeah, for this very dangerous virus that the whole world was worried about. 
Um, point, he was probably probably the most hated guy in England. Yeah, he probably still is up there. Um, and now, yeah, he's joined a reality TV program. He's still an MP, and he's joined a reality TV program during whilst Parliament is still running, so he can't go to any of the uh, meet meetings that they have and all that palaver in Parliament. Um, so yeah. Uh, my thoughts on it are, he's a cuck. Well, I'm seeing like people sticking up for him on the internet, saying um, he's just done what everyone else in England's done because everyone was breaking the rules. So why is people like finger pointing at him? But he's a fucking guy who put the rules in place. No one even like no one. I don't understand like these people think. Oh, they didn't need. They didn't want to put the rules in. They had to. You will no. They didn't have to because we all know COVID's a load of shit. Load of shit anyway. So it's probably even worse now than it was at the time because we were probably still half scared about COVID at the time. Yeah, I think like he thinks he's gone on the show to like try and win the public over to try and apologize for what he's done. But there's no apologising. We're lucky in the sense that we didn't have any close people who passed away during that time whose funerals we had to go to. So in that sense, like it doesn't hit us as hard. But then there's people who whose parents passed away and they had to go to funerals, but they couldn't hug their close relatives and properly mourn the death of their their close family members. And he's having an affair with some random random woman during the period of time where he set these regulations and then he thinks he can just go on a reality TV show, eat a fucking sheep's vagina and think everything's all right. Yeah, he'll be made a fool of because he's doing all these sort of tedious, ridiculous tasks. But it's deeper than that. Like, yeah, that might be okay for a different celebrity that's disliked for lighter reasons. For what he's done, I think he should fucking suck a dick. He shouldn't be on. I don't want to see him even on the on my TV. Yeah, every time I see him on my TV, I just get like, and I feel like every time I look at him, I feel like he's got a smug look on his face. Yeah, smug. He's smug, yeah. and he thinks, yeah, going on the air, he's going to um, people are going to see him and see what his personality's like. And to be honest with you, I reckon quite a lot of England will be like, oh, he's all right, leave him alone. He's actually all right. He's actually all right because yeah. he probably is an all right guy. He probably is just your average person. But it's not about that. It's about what the fucking moves that he made. Like, he's a nubbin. So, they someone um, flew a plane, didn't they? What, over the camp? Yeah. Uh, how did Breed say, get out of here? <laughs> how COVID bereaved. Yeah. I've not watched it. Do you reckon it shows that on TV? Is it? Oh no, that's fake. <laughs> nah, he won't show that on TV. Oh, he quits. All right. Oh, demands that he quits the jungle. I think he should. Uh, I don't think he should. Yeah. I don't think he should be on it at all. Also, he's being paid. He's getting paid four hundred k to go on the show. 
What is that? How much I'm a celebrity pay you? Pay him. Yeah. They pay different celebrities different prices. All right. Four hundred k. Whilst he's still getting a salary for being an MP. Yeah. What do you get for being MP? Is it hundred k MP MPs there? I think eighty k. I think he should leave. I think it's stupid that he's on there. I think it's stupid of ITV to even put him on there. I, I know why like... ITV have done it because that's a num that's for numbers for them, isn't it? Yeah, and I've been watching it because of him. Oh, have you have you been watching? It? Yeah, like bits of it. What's to see? Like him? Yeah, I don't like him. No, like he's coming across like he's normal. Or like, I don't know if he's putting on persona or what, but then the other day, the campaigns were grilling him. And then they've all like sort of, I don't know whether they're saying it because they've got to live with him. But they've like sort of forgiven him. Oh, right. Yeah, there's probably more to it, more to it than... And like they probably got an agenda that they've given the criteria that ITV give them to make sure the like production works. So I can imagine some of them won't be best pleased because it's not like Big Brother, is it? It's um, it needs to have some flow, doesn't it? Yeah. So I think like I don't know if I was in there, I'd be asking him loads of questions. I wouldn't stop asking him questions. Hmm. That's like the natural thing to do, right? Surely everyone in there can't agree with him. I'll ask him about all that party gate stuff as well. I think they just flew o flew it over today. All right. So. See what he does. But it's disturbing that he can get a platform. That easily. Yeah. Like, people... if you think about it, he probably wouldn't be able to go on I'm a Celeb if he didn't do what he did. Because he wouldn't even be that known. Yeah, no one would know who he is. So, you're considering, you're considering him a celebrity because of something so fucked up that he did whilst, whilst he was supposed to be in charge of looking after the people of the country. He's considered now a celebrity. So that's one fucking stupid thing. He's not considered a celebrity at all. He's a, someone that was in Parliament. That's an absolute dickhead. Yeah. You're just a prick. <laughs> yeah, so that's our thoughts on that. <laughs> I don't think we're quite pretty... Uh, our opinion is pretty strong on, on him. <laughs> I don't, what I can't understand is that people who were saying, like backing him up, like on his on his side, in a sense, mm. and leave him alone. I can understand that. But I guess all forgiving. And that's coming from people like this is coming from me who. When COVID was going on, I was like, at first I was scared, and after it, I was like, I'm done. Like, this is a lot of bullshit. Mm. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. 
maybe that's why I feel so strongly about it because he kept enforcing these regulations whilst he was doing whatever he wanted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we're just ang- a bit more angry than your average Joe because we're actually looking into what COVID was a lot more as well. And because we're kind of annoyed at the fact that they enforced all this stuff sort of for no no reason. It just I think it just it folds over because he's not knowing that he's enforcing the shit that doesn't make any sense. And then thinking, ah oh, fuck it, fuck him. Fuck it. It doesn't apply to us because we know that it's bollocks anyway. Yeah. I guess that's what it is. But it's all just uh dunno. I feel like politics has turned into some entertainment. Well, it is like, if it's putting it's a like guy a... into a celebrity jungle, MP. They shouldn't. Realistically, I know we've had a few of them in there. They shouldn't be considered celebrities. Mm. Like when I think of celebrity, or someone says celebrity to me, I don't think of someone that's been in charge of running the fucking country. That's a whole different like type of job. Yeah, you're not an entertainer. You're there for an important role. Hmm. Yeah, you can't a celebrity. Someone that has fans and tours or whatever, um, whether they be authors or TV personalities or whatever, someone who works in the government, that shouldn't even. That's just a joke. Like that's they're connected in any way. I think about him going in is just a way. I don't know. Just fucking. It's just another bullshit thing mm. they're just sat there like oh we'll, we'll put him in the jungle and see how the people react yeah ITV are loving it because they just want numbers and media because I wouldn't have even known I'm, I'm celebrity was on unless it was for him going in sh- if it, we had a good government in place he shouldn't come back and have his job as an MP anymore. Mm. But he'll come yeah. back and he'll fall straight back into his old role. Imagine that this happening in China, like China having a, a Chinese, a member of the Chinese of CCP, any member, come in and doing a reality TV show. Yeah, he won't be allowed any anywhere near because it it gives the persona of you're a joke. You're yeah an actor, you're a comedian, you're taking the piss. We don't want comedians in charge, even though we just have comedians in charge. We do just have a lot of actors in charge. Literally, they don't know what the fuck they're doing. They're just, they've just had a good roll of the dice and now they can look after a, a well, I'll say look after a country, they're fucking obliviating the country. Because they're all just clowns that are working. Especially at the time now, like, we've just come out of COVID, he's implemented all these rules that we've all come to learn that we don't even need. They've implemented all these uh, vaccine policies, which Pfizer have now come out and said uh, in the um, European court that they didn't even test for a whole in transmission. So I don't understand why we had COVID vaccine passports if it isn't halt transmission. But uh, whatever, with that, and then 
We've had three different prime ministers in the space of a year. From that party? From the Tory party. And one of them pretty much fucking turned the economy upside down in the first week. There's Rishi Sunak's come in. We're yet to see much from him, I think. But he's there. He's, he's moving these pieces. He's a WF puppet, mm. from what I can see. He's a... Well, yeah, that just is the richest prime minister we've ever had. Yeah, richer than King Charles. Yeah, so richer than royalty. People say, "Oh, it's his wife's money." Yeah, it is his wife's money, but they're married, mm. so it's both their money. That's more of a. Um, we need to look at it from how you the regular people are looking at Matt Hancock. They're not looking at um, Rishi being part of the World Economic Forum. No, I'm just saying, like, all this stuff, and then they put this clown in fucking jungle for two weeks. Yeah. (laughs) Is that how long it is, two weeks? Well, I think some for two weeks, and then they start voting people out, or ten days. So we'll probably get voted out first, I imagine. Yeah, well, if someone's flown a plane over, he's probably going to just get voted out, and then it depends how I don't know how he manages to win over. When he when he first came in, he was with this comedian, and then <laughs> so the comedian was like in the camp because they were in like a separate camp, just empty. So the comedian was in there first, and Matt Hancock walks in. <laughs> the comedian just comes sort of laughing in his face. That Matt Hancock. Yeah. <laughs> it was just like a proper laugh. Every time Margot was talking, he just burst out laughing in his face. It's a, it's a joke, though, that he's in there. I still can't get over it. Oh, he's MP for West Suffolk. Kind of mad that he's still even in government, to be honest. Yeah, he shouldn't even be in government, really. Mm. All right, do you want to move into... He just lost his place in the cabinet, I think. Yeah, so he's just been knocked down the ranks a few a few ranks, hasn't he? Yeah. Um, do you want to move on to the last the question? Yeah, after that uh, unbiased discussion. <laughs> I don't think there's a bias to it, he's a knob. <laughs> because of the actions he's made. Like, yeah, he might be a nice guy, but what his actions are, he's like should be held accountable for him. He shouldn't be um, celebrated. Yeah. Okay. So the question I brought to the table today is: What is the biggest challenge? What do you think the biggest challenge is facing the next generation? That could be the generation coming now, or the one. I don't know what it's going to be called. The one after uh, Gen Z generation. Alpha, I think. Oh, yeah, Alpha. When did Alpha start then? 2010s. It's hard to say with Alpha because it's so far away. And stuff's changing at a rapid pace. 
Because this next 10 years, we're going to go through massive change. It's hard to... S I was on the phone to my friend before, and I was like, it's hard to say what the, how the future is going to unfold mm. right now. I can't even see how the next two years is going to unfold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the way things are going as well, you can't really even... You know, right, what we are now in um, November, by, let's say, April, May next year, there's going to be something else that's happened. Yeah. That's that out of most people's control. Um, that's how fast things are moving. And obviously, we've got war brewing, or in wartime, or I don't know what you class it as. There, you've got all of this control that's being pushed on us. You've got the digital currency that's being pushed um, for more control. When I say war, I'm on about Russia, Ukraine, but then you've also got China and Taiwan. You've got Biden, who's the president, who can't even formulate a sentence. Um, the downfall of the West. And obviously we're seeing an uprising of the BRICS, if you want to go back to the beginning of the podcast. Yeah. So these next 10 years are going to be massively different. Um, and next year is going to be interesting, I think. Like this time last year, you wouldn't have thought we would see a war in Europe. Yeah. But that's See, just the, um, the, policy, the geopolitics side of it. Then you've got the technology side, which is AIs like taking over everyone's jobs. Yeah. Um, so, um, I've been looking into like crypto and stuff. And obviously a lot of that revolves, like there's a lot of talk around um, CBDCs. And there's people saying that CBDCs have to come into play because of AI taking over job roles. So to ensure that people can still consume and live whilst AI is doing their work. So it's going towards the um, UBI universal based income. Yeah. Universal based? Yeah, based income. Basic, basic income. Basic income, sorry, yeah. So uh, what, what the thing is when um, crypto and the CBDC comes in, it's going to replace so many jobs in the financial sector and all of that is pretty much going to be automated. There's not going to be any need for banks, just a central bank. There's not going to be any need for payment facilitators anymore. So like Visa, MasterCard, Western Union, all, will all be gone. All these jobs, like that's pretty much the backbone of the UK economy is finance. All these jobs are going to be, there's not going to be a need for them anymore. So what they're saying is when the CBDC comes in, these jobs will be replaced. Those people without jobs won't have any work. So then they're going to get paid state benefits as a universal basic income. And that's how it'll start being implemented because they'll need that money to live. Yeah, 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 yeah. But then the money will just come straight back into the system anyway. So, you know, I think we was having a conversation on the phone where we was talking about 
the way it's going is you're going to subscribe to your life. So if you are maybe, I don't know if you want to call it a lucky one that has a job, say you work for, I don't know, like the government or something, um, at a certain level, you won't like where you would be on 25,000 pounds a year. You wouldn't actually be on 25 pound thousand pounds a year. You would just be, you'll have a, a house and a car and a lifestyle and a certain shopping like budget or whatever that comes to your house that that is the equivalent to 25 a thousand pound salary and if you get a promotion in work you won't get a promotion to 30 thousand pounds you'll just go up a tier in your living situation so you'll then this is like obviously long-term thinking of how it's going to play out then you'll upgrade to maybe an extra room in your house, uh, an extra bit of money for your entertainment or whatever, or, or allowance towards your entertainment, or a slightly better car. Like you just choose whatever you want. But it all sort of, it's all tied into... I, I think you'll still get a figure each month. But like, there's people talking that saying you get paid your figure, whatever it is. Mm. And then by the end of that month, you have to have used up the whole amount for your next month. Yeah, 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 yeah. If you don't use it up, then it just expires and you can't use it again. Yeah, you no, no such thing as saving. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the, the people whose jobs are replaced that don't have, that their skill set is e- easily replaced by AI, they're going to be at the bottom of this hierarchy of the ones that are on the universal basic income are going to be at the bottom of the hierarchy. Yeah, they'll probably just have enough to have a basic house. Yeah basic food and your basic entertainment but then i reckon it will get to that level over a long period of time where they just say okay you guys don't actually need money like whatever you're employed into your employment will pay for all that stuff and sorted all that so all the money's then kept within the elite power yeah or maybe like a subscription like food package yeah yeah yeah. that perks you get loads of company perks yeah. Well, they even like set up subscription clothes services, haven't they? Where you can mm. buy clothes for one month for a tournament and then get another set of clothes for another month. Mm. Fucking weird, man. Well, it's like in 80, uh, 1984. I think he says he doesn't want to buy pyjamas because it's something to do with his allowance and he needed new jeans because his jeans were ripped or something. So instead of getting pyjamas, he got jeans. Um, because that's what his allowance allowed him to do. And he was a guy who worked for the ministry, which was the government case. So I think, I don't know what you would say. The question is, what is the biggest challenge facing the next generation? I think there's like a multitude of... Well, I think the biggest challenge is... uh, Nuclear war. Maintaining freedom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, or maintaining our idea of freedom. Yeah. Yeah, because where do you draw the line of freedom, right? Digitally, there's not much freedom going because the internet's run by, someone was saying, the internet's run by three websites, really. There's Google, 
um, Meta, and then I think it's Amazon. Yeah. Uh, who run the actual internet and Google are very. Big. Google, Amazon, and Microsoft, right? Microsoft. Mm, maybe. Well, they're they're the ones who are mo- the most used like platforms and are offer oh. the most censorship. I'm just thinking like from an infrastructure side of things. I think websites are running off. Yeah. Um, I don't think Microsoft are doing much against censorship, right? What, what they got? Censorship. LinkedIn. I don't. They're talking about censorship, as in yeah. I don't really hear much for censorship on LinkedIn. <laughs> But everyone's fake as fuck on there anyway, so it's not really. Um... LinkedIn censored itself. Yeah, it's naturally censored. You won't survive on there if you have an honest opinion. Yeah. General. Um. And then there's things like the. Um. With the ge- the next generation that are coming up, um, not talking about them all. Like, well, a huge percentage of them is what? What's the word for it? Um, self-entitled. Is it self-entitled? They all think they're all something. But if you look I don't think that's the next generation. No, I think that's our generation. our generation too. Yeah, but that's just going to get worse, isn't it? Like for the next generation. Yeah. There's going to be the way things. Everything's set up at the moment. Everyone is out because they're owed something. In their life, and I think do you know what do you know what actually made me put the question in? Because um, we're reading Jordan Peterson's Twelve Rules for Life at the moment, and when I'm reading it, I'm just thinking. I, I was I was thinking, how, like, how bad must society be for someone like Jordan Peterson to have the need to write a book to tell people how you, you need to live. But he's not telling people how to live. He's just literally saying, this is how things used to be. And the, this is what worked in the past. Yeah. And when in my head, I'm comparing what he's talking about in the past, even if he goes back to like biblical times, or even if he goes back, like even just a, a, a few years, comparing it to today, things are absolutely, like, absolutely shaken up in terms of like, just the way society runs, that there is, um, it's, it's just mad that there's a need for someone to literally script out this is how we used to live and this is what works like men are no longer men he's basically saying because mm. we've been trained to be like these timid um agreeable sort of people whereas back in the day the men were the go-getters the ones to go out and <clears throat> fight the other tribes and negotiate and all that stuff well people who preach this kind of stuff now like Andrew Tate, for example, love him or hate him, like some of his messages he says about masculinity and men, he's fucking, I think he's bang on like what he's saying. Mm. He's basically saying that you're supposed to be a man, go be a go-getter and go and get it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, like you're not owed anything. This is what yeah. they're saying. Like, the generation that's coming up now, they're all owed something like in life. And it's like, oh, the fucking generation before ruined it for us. They've ruined it. They've ruined it. There's nothing we can do. And it's like, well, yeah, we need to fucking fix up and fix this shit, innit? Yeah. Once I realised, like, that nothing is owed 
to me or mm. you. Once I realised that I've and I've sort of worked myself like to a better position, I've never been happier. Yeah. And it, if honestly, I think it fucking works, man. All you gotta do is think nothing is old to me. I need to go and get this shit myself. I need to build my own shit. Yeah, yeah. Don't expect anything. It's yeah. like well, expectations only lead to disappointment. It's like um, I've been like running a marketing company, and there's times where, like, but obviously you go through a period of demotivation where you're just like, fuck, you know, like it's to keep to keep going and keep getting the clients and keep the the money coming in. It can get quite um, like tiring, and then there's times where you think, if I just sit back, like a client will come. No, it won't. Like nothing comes to you. You need to put yeah. yourself in the right positions. And it doesn't mean like I have to actively be out there like just marketing, marketing myself. Just put myself in positions where I'm more likely to get a client. And it's just doing little things like that in your life, which you're not expecting anything, but you're in a better situation than if you just sat there thinking, oh, something's going to come. Because there's two ways to it. You can sit down, not do anything and think something will come my way. Something will come my way at one point. Or you can sit down and say, okay, I don't expect anything, so nothing's going to happen. And then that's like nihilism in a sense. Yeah. But as long as you don't expect anything, but put yourself in the positions where things could happen, like you're playing luck then, aren't you? Like you put yourself in more situations, there's more chance of you striking lucky and something working for you. Um, It's finding that balance, I guess, between the two. Yeah, like... You just need to be conscious that whatever your actions are is what's going to benefit you down the line. Whatever whatever your actions are is what you're responsible for. So, sort of, you're responsible for your own actions. So you need to own that responsibility and do it. Like it's not just going to come to you. And I think because we live in a society where you can get by without really taking much action and really owning any responsibility because you can easily get a job that's going to pay for your food on the table and pay for a little cheap place to live. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you want more than that, then you've got to go and push yourself and and get it and be responsible instead of complaining that this isn't working and that isn't working because of this, because of that blame shifting responsibility elsewhere. Like, and I think it's bullshit. Like it's you, you're the person that can control your own destiny. Yeah, 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 exactly. Whereas I think a lot of people in society, like they like to have an answer that they don't like to put the blame on themselves. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, that's, sort of self-entitlement where it's like there's a problem or they have a problem like it's up to you lot to figure out and fix it like it's not up to me do you know what I mean it's up to the rest of the world to and that's why this big um misunderstanding with the culture war is going on it's because well there's more I think it's obviously like a multi-factor because 
we've looked into like tribes and stuff like that and that's obviously on the decline how many people fit into tribes and communities but then it's also like technology and the way people like actually look and see the world is not correct it's not how we should be seeing the world because we shouldn't be seeing it through instagram that just glamorizes the positives of everyone's life yeah. the amount of people that are on instagram and all they see is the glamorization of the positives of life it's I, I think that's probably one of the worst possible things that's happened to society is instagram because it just flicked a switch in everyone's head where no one's good enough and everyone's better everyone's doing better because you see your life as it is so you see the positives and negatives and you probably see the positive and negatives of the lives around you so obviously we're close so you probably see the negatives in my life and i'll see them in yours and the people so in your mind you're seeing a lot of negativity around you and the people around you that's completely normal that's right that's normal that is how you should see the world but when you log on to instagram and you see all the other communities of people or different friend groups that you're not part of but you know them all and you just see all this positivity they're going out they're doing this they're doing that you're sort of in comparing yourself and your community thinking well why have i got so much negative stuff and they're just positive 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 it's false yeah. advertisement from there it's false yeah um but it's like who the fuck's going to go on instagram and post an argument of with their other half or post like mm. going to i don't know but it's not really answered the question what we've talked about the question is what's the biggest challenge facing the next generation themselves <laughs> no. no i think every generation has its challenges um like people say always talk about like the boomers like are benefited from this benefit from that but i always look at it like we've life's a game right we've been dealt our cards now we need to play with these cards yeah and is that a game of poker you can have a shit hand but you can still win yeah 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 so i think like first of all is just try and do the best you can with the card you've got and then second of all is figure out how you define your win how do you win what is your definition of winning yeah yeah, everyone's yeah. definition is different some people's definitions to be like andrew tate and have a big guy mm. some people's definitions to be like financially free and but not glamorous or anything just like live a nice comfortable lifestyle yeah not have to worry about money and spend time with the family yeah yeah yeah, like yeah. everyone's definition of uh winning, winning is, is different yeah um but more and more it's pushed on as that winnings uh comes with a financial price tag yeah um and i think yeah andrew tate was saying something the other day on something i was watching where he was like everyone's got a problem and you know what he's like he's um very what's the word he flaunts a lot his uh yeah money a lot and then he was like oh everyone's got a problem with me because i flaunt my money because uh, i'm confident with my money because i've got 12 cars and they only drive like two or three of them because i've got all these houses and all these chains and he goes but i'm not the problem he's like i've got the money so i spend the money it was a problem all the people that get the money keep the money and then keep getting more acquiring more money and more money yeah <laughs> And the money doesn't I heard, I heard this 
it just stays in their bank account. He goes, that's where the problem is. It's not with people who spend the money. The people who spend the money are good for society. The people who hoard the money are the ones that are causing all the issues because it's just all bottlenecks with them. Is he saying that he makes money, so he spends it and he's giving it back? Yeah. In one way or another, he's giving it back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the people who are making a lot of money don't really spend the money. Mm. Just hoarding all that money and they get greed. It goes, it's just greed then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because what are you going to do with figures in the bank account? Yeah. Well, you can't take it with you when you're dead, so. Yeah. Mm. Well, then it's that generational wealth. But then generational wealth, like, doesn't last. Was it like three generations max it lasts? Then I asked the Rothschilds. Fuck them. It's lasted them fucking. <laughs> yeah, but they're like. Illuminati. <laughs> That's like, no. That's something different to <laughs> what the type of wealth I was talking about. That's, uh, there's more that goes on that meets the eye of them. I think like a nice amount of wealth would be to make sure you're living nicely now without worrying about stress and making sure your children are comfortable. Yeah. Now, what I think um, as well is <coughs> doing something that you enjoy, like you've actually enjoy doing. Um, mm. That is probably one of like, making enough money to all the things that you've just said. But the, I reckon the ultimate win is like to wake up in the morning and think, yeah, let's go get it. Let's do it. Um, and be happy. Yeah. There's so many people that wake up and they're like, fuck this job. I hate Mondays. And they're working and they're just like, I fucking hate this job. Um, <clears throat> but when you, when you say that, like, I don't, I keep saying, yeah, I don't particularly enjoy my job, but I've never, since I've been self-employed, I've never woke up and thought, I can't be asked. Mm. Maybe the odd day, but most of the time, like, I don't get, John, I used to get on Sunday, I used to get, like, yeah. proper dread in my stomach. I never get that anymore. Yeah. Mm. I never get that anymore. I, I, I won't say I'd, like, wake up thinking, yeah, let's fucking go get it, but I just wake up, I get my shit done. And then that's it. Yeah. Bye. Well, that's what I mean by that is literally like, yeah, that's waking up inspired. If you don't like that, I remember when I used to work that fucking Sunday night, I had that, that Sunday night feeling mm-hmm. all through education because just that fucking school. Like, yeah. You used to hate sitting in school, even though once you got to school, it's good. Cause you're with just, you're just spending the whole day with your mates. You don't really realize it at the time. Yeah. Um, but I had that feeling, and then uni was uni, so that was like just a segment outside of life. But then when I was working, I always had that feeling, and then I remember I, I used to get it really bad every Sunday, and I started getting it like on Wednesdays and Thursday nights, and I was just like, that's when I was like, oh, this is definitely not for me. Shit. <laughs> yeah. But just not having that, like I've not had that feeling. Yeah, there's some days where I did, yeah, like you said, I can't be asked and. Luckily, I'm quite blessed in the sense that if I can't be out some days, then I can just take a day off. Um, not always, but sometimes. Or just reschedule what I need to do. And to me, like that's on the... Like, if not winning already, that's on the way to winning. That's enough. Like That fulfilment of yeah. being every day is like class for me. And then being able to do stuff like this. There's people that, because of the unfortunate hand that they've been dealt, they need to work like two, three jobs 
the support, whatever they need to support. And they can't do stuff like this and turn like a little hobby that we've got here and try and turn it into something that grows and becomes, yeah, becomes profitable. In a sense. Mm. People have that. It's kind of not answering the question still. But... It's a hard question though. <laughs> I like it's it a question that we're going to have to know for our children to bring them up. Hmm to help them overcome challenges. Yeah. Definitely. I don't think the challenges change much. If society mm. doesn't shift down this way that we're expecting it to go, the challenges won't really change much. Mm. Yeah, because it's not very much a uh, instant change, is it? It's a gra very gradual change. So you gradually, like, you can learn challenges. I think like the uh, fundamentals of living your life will always remain the same no matter what technology comes out. How do you mean? Like, in a sense, like you, you were talking about Instagram, for example. Yeah. Don't compare yourself to other people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that's a big challenge for our generation right now is a lot of people in society are comparing themselves to other people. Mm. Whereas back in the day, it was probably a challenge as well, an issue for people. Mm. But just don't do it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was also that wave, before, I think, before social media or during like, as social media was coming up. That wave of like, um, do you remember? Well, I think we talked about it before where they took um, the scam of self help, self development. Mm. That was very much a competitive, like, compete with the people around you, like, strive for the best. You need to do better, like, what was it, dog eat dog type? Um, yeah. Type of scam <laughs> is what it was. And I, I don't think that's sort of helped. Because that's brought the competitive nature into the generation above social media generation. So they're like, got it double because they're, it's the way they've been brought up by their older generation. And then they're, bam, onto Twitter, onto... Um, yeah, like you see loads of people now on social media talking about being business owners, CEO, like people on LinkedIn, CEO of this, CEO of that. Yeah. Like, and that stemmed off from this big self-help. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Be a boss attitude from, yeah. I'd say, like the early 2000s from like Tony Robbins and stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm. That's like people who are CEOs who were just like, the CEOs are a very like, particular title to have. Yeah. So, you don't know, like, I've got a business, I wouldn't say I'm a C CEO. Yeah. Like, that's if you own, or not even if you own, that's like, yeah, you're chief officer of, executive officer, but you're not like, you're self-employed, you're not CEO. Yeah, if you're self-employed, you're not CEO of uh, your own thing, like, yeah, but, all right, should we call it? Let's call it. All right, guys, like and subscribe, follow us on Twitter. Have a nice one, guys.
Later.